1: Free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homeshef.com slash locked on. That's homeshef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life homeshef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
2: You are locked on sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
3: Hey there, Sooners Nation, and welcome to the Lockdown Sooners podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm John Williams. You can find me on Twitter at John9Williams. You can read my work covering the Dallas Cowboys over at InsideTheStar.com. And joining me today, as he does every day, is former Oklahoma Sooners offensive line David Walker. You can find him on Twitter at D underscore Walk74. David, how's it going, man? It's going well, man. Looking forward to talking some recruiting here during the bye week. Yeah, and joining us today, as he's done before, is Parker Thune from Sooners SI. You can follow him on Twitter, at Parker Thune. That's T-H-U-N-E. Parker, how's it going, man?
2: Hey, fellas. How are you? It's certainly great to be back.
3: Yeah, and we're excited to get a little bit of a recruiting update from you because, you know, when we talked last time, the Oklahoma Sooners were still making some some positive headway. Some big things were happening. Caleb Williams was kind of putting himself at the forefront of the Sooners recruiting efforts. And he continues to do that, and he's made a big move now to Norman, where he's setting up shop and being the face of Oklahoma's recruiting efforts even further. So what is it about Caleb Williams that is kind of making him so special, not just on the field, but off the field?
2: Well, I think first and foremost, you got to respect his commitment to the vision in Oklahoma. I mean... To move from Washington, D.C. to Norman, while still a high school senior, I think demonstrates that Caleb Williams is most certainly in this for the long haul. He believes in what Lincoln Riley has sold him on, and he's ready to be the face of the Oklahoma Sooners football program for whatever, three, four years, however long he's around in Norman. But. I think having a guy like him and just the ability that he has demonstrated, not just to play football at at an extremely high level, which he does, but to be an effective secondary recruiter for Riley, I think has to have Sooner fans very excited about the direction of this program uh, simply because there are going to be so many guys. There have already been so many guys, John and David, and there will continue to be guys uh, who signed to the university of Oklahoma because the opportunity to play, alongside a guy like Caleb Williams tips the scales in favor of the Sooners. Obviously having an offensive savant in Lincoln Riley, one of the nation's premier coaches certainly helps, but Caleb Williams is an asset to the Sooners and not just for his prowess on the football field, but also the relationships that he's built with a lot of top recruits in the 2021 class and the leadership qualities that he's already demonstrated, even as a high school senior who hasn't set foot on campus as a student yet. So I think there's just so much potential there uh, with regard to what Williams can accomplish during his tenure at Oklahoma that's got to have Sooner fans extremely, extremely excited with what the next three or four years might look like.
0: Yeah, and Parker, you're you're so right about that, especially, you know, his, his on-the-field product is one thing, right? But what he's done in recruiting is literally what every coach of any sport in college athletics wishes their top recruit would do. And, you know, I coached college basketball for seven years. And I know that there were times where it's like, you know, you get a couple of players that are really bought in and you know, you, in, a, in a basketball recruiting class, you know, you're looking at three, four five kids maybe, but on the football side of it, what one kid can do if they choose to is huge, but it's really like a slippery slope, right? Like, you know, Lincoln Riley can't sit there and just deputize him and make him go and do these things. He has to have that mentality. And what I've seen that is intriguing is here you have this narrative of, you know, going into this season, can Lincoln Riley bring in his own players? Is he only a transfer coach? All these different things, right? Now you've got this elite number one quarterback in the country coming in and so bought in. Like you said, he moves to Norman. He deputizes himself, kind of commissions himself to be this front man for the recruiting class. And then now, you know, even holding a Sooner Summit, you know, talk about, that Sooner Summit and what we know about that. And, you know, obviously that led to a commitment shortly thereafter, but things like that, I mean, I'm assuming that's going to continue to take place through the rest of the winter and into the spring with him being in Norman now.
2: Yeah. Sooner Summit was a blast. And I believe last I was on John and I touched on this, but uh, I was actually there, got to hang out and uh, get to know a lot of those guys in the 2021 and 2022 classes uh, that are either committed to Oklahoma or very much expected to commit in the coming days and I think Caleb Williams I mean you obviously look at him and if you've seen the tape and if you've seen him in person I mean guys I scouted him at the Elite 11 in July the guy has a generational talent type of ceiling like he's just that good and his mentality is what really takes him over the top the physical tools are one thing but the desire to get better uh, the desire to push his game to the next level is what really sets him apart you know his dad told me uh, the kid's so competitive that He won't sleep the night after a loss. He'll go straight to film study. He cannot sleep uh, after a loss. And I think that tells you something about the kind of competitor that Oklahoma is getting. But you look at the weapons that he's going to have at his disposal. And just talk about some of the guys that showed up to Sooner Summit. Jalil Farouk committed shortly thereafter. Uh, They were in town when Kelvin Gilliam committed, top uh, four-star defensive end out of that Washington, D.C. area. Uh, You think about Cody Jackson, Mario Williams Jr. Guys that are already committed in that 2021 class. Uh, We'll get to Billy Bowman a bit later on, but he was a big add. And then you look ahead to 2022. I mean, Luther Burden, Talon Shetron, and uh, I think the Sooners' most preeminent priority here in the immediate future is going to be securing a commitment from Kamar Wheaton. I think that's what everybody's waiting on, but. Just the wealth of skilled position players that Oklahoma already has locked down and has the potential to lock down as National Signing Day approaches is really, really remarkable. And I think if Lincoln Riley hasn't already given Sooner Nation enough optimism as to this team's potential to, potentially, to maybe go and win a national championship here in the next couple of years – and I think the status of these recruiting classes and just the chemistry that they all demonstrate. And that's what's really remarkable. And that was what was remarkable to me at Sooner Summit, guys, uh, is some of these guys had never met before, uh, but they were hanging out, sharing stories, uh, exchanging photos like they'd known each other their entire lives. And uh, I think that says something for the way that Caleb Williams is really able to be the catalyst there. And he was the driving force behind Sooner Summit at the quarterback position. He's obviously going to be the driving force behind the Sooner success whenever he takes the helm in Lincoln Riley's offense. He's the guy that holds the keys. And, uh, you know, we we've said it time and time again. Caleb Williams is a phenomenal football player. He's a better leader. And that was more than anything what I took away from the experience at Sooner Summit. And uh, one of the guys that showed up to Sooner Summit, uh, Talon Shetrin, uh, we weren't really sure at the time whether Oklahoma was the destination for him. Uh, He cited Sooner Summit as one of the primary reasons why he committed to Oklahoma uh, last month. So I think the overwhelming narrative coming out of that experience for a lot of the players was that they were tremendously impressed, not just with the school, not just with the community, not just with the region, um, but with the camaraderie uh, that was instantly apparent with Caleb Williams front and center.
3: And coming up next, we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the guys that have committed to Oklahoma since the Sooner Summit and some of these guys that Maybe you're not familiar with quite yet, and Parker's going to give us some of the inside details on some of those guys coming up next here on the Lockdown On Sooners podcast. But first, let me ask you a question. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? Well, College Football Saturdays offer the perfect opportunity to watch football with the only beer that's made to chill, Coors Light. Coors Light is cold lager, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Even though there are fewer teams playing on Saturdays, there are still plenty of games and other sports going on to give you the opportunity to relax and have a beer. So whether you're having a beer with friends, cooking some meat on the grill, winding down from working in the yard, or watching a full slate of college football games on Saturday, make sure you reach for the official beer of watching any sport or any team just to have a beer. So when you want to reset from a long work day or to enjoy while taking in your favorite team, reach for the beer that's made to chill. You can now get Coors Light in its new look delivered straight to your door by going to get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Colton, Colorado. And I also want to talk to you a little bit about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's easy to eat and is 100% covered in chocolate. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They've got 18 great flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and my personal favorite, the peanut butter brownie. You can also get things like lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They have nuts and non-nut flavors, and best of all, they're good for you. They're high in protein, and most bars have only four or five grams of sugar. Are there several bars that you'd like to try? Well, Built Bar has a couple different options for you to create variety packs. If you need it for meal replacement or to try and add fuel to your workout, Built Bar is the protein bar for you. Use the code LOCKEDON and save 20% off your next order of Built Bar by going to BuiltBar.com. That's BuiltBar.com. Hey there, Sooners fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Sooners podcast. We are talking recruiting with Parker Thune from Sooners on SI.com. Make sure you go follow him on Twitter at Parker Thune. That's T-H-U-N-E over there. Get your, not just your recruiting insight, but also all your Sooners analysis over there. It's excellent insight, excellent content over there at Sooners SI now. And uh, so Parker, talk to us a little bit about some more of the 2021 recruits that maybe people aren't as familiar with. Guys that maybe are flying under the radar a little bit that should be, they should be excited about.
2: Yeah, guys, I tell you what, the guy that I have cited from the get-go as soon as he committed as maybe the player that has the highest ceiling in terms of the in terms of his potential among the Sooners defensive commits in this 2021 cycle. I love Nathan Rollins Kabanji, the big defensive end out of Portland, Oregon. If you if you don't know the backstory there, Nathan Rollins Kabanji had never played gridiron football in his life before last year. As a junior in high school, He took the football field for the very first time. He was actually committed to Washington State to play basketball, uh, decided to go out for football. The guy stands six foot seven, 240 pounds. So he's got size and size is one thing you can't teach. But as soon as he hit the football field, he dominated quite frankly and instantly shot up the recruiting rankings, became one of the most coveted prospects in the Pacific Northwest and uh, is currently uh, by many, metrics among the top three recruits in the state of oregon and so i think what's most encouraging about his future in the sooner crimson guys is the fact that he doesn't know how to play football if you watch the tape it's just his sheer athleticism helping him overpower offensive linemen he has very little grasp at this point in time for the technique and the finer points of defensive line play and you think about what he might be able to do under the tutelage of guys like Jamar Kane and Calvin Thibodeau, he could be an absolute monster just because of the size and the sheer physicality that he brings to the table, combined with the fact that he's already demonstrating this level of success. And he doesn't really know what he's doing on the football field yet. And so, I think if you're looking at a guy that is more of a developmental project, but that has definite first round potential in the NFL draft long term, Nathan Rollins Kabanji is the man, and he's I think he's a guy that uh, probably red shirts his first year on campus just because there's obviously a huge gap in talent between high school offensive linemen and collegiate offensive linemen. I think just being where he at where he is at technique wise. Uh, is going to make a red shirt year, a real good learning experience for him in that capacity. But my goodness, his long-term ceiling is so, so high. And I'm really excited to see what he can do in Norman on that Oklahoma defensive line.
0: Yeah. You talk about that Parker with, you know, somebody that's raw and, and what their upside can be when they get the proper coaching, when they get that technique in place, you know, I, we had Teddy Lehman on yesterday and, Teddy, as I played high school football with Teddy and he and I talked about this over the years that when he got to Norman, everything he did was wrong in Brent Venable's eyes. He, he had so much learning curve and but he ran a 4-3-40, right? Similar, the physical tools were there, but then you throw the, the coaching, the technique and all of a sudden, you know, guy wins a butt kiss award and plays in the NFL. So I, I think that, that it can be understated because sometimes, you know, you get these players from Texas who come in day one. They were well coached or from historic programs, but not every recruit that comes into campus had the same level of high school coaching, the same technique, the same football acumen, uh, attention to detail with their, you know, their first step and all these little things that are going to get fine tuned once they get on campus. So it's exciting to hear about his upside. And I want to ask you about a, a player that has you know made a lot of headways here in the OU Texas, you know, head to head battle with a decommitment from Billy Bowman from Texas and then flips that into a commitment to Oklahoma. Obviously, there's a lot going on in Austin right now, and they've been in a little bit of disarray since the Cotton Bowl. But with that flip, what has that done? One, you know, for Billy Bowman in this class, talk about him and his impact, but also just in those head to head battles now that they had that flip. What is that? What's the word on the street with that?
2: I think it's significant for the program, John and David, because when you think back to Tom Herman and Lincoln Riley and the genesis of their respective 10 years at those programs. One of the first things that Tom Herman was able to do and the first real victory that he was able to secure over Lincoln Riley uh, on the recruiting ground was he was able to flip Cameron Rising, who was committed to Oklahoma uh, in that class of 2018. Uh, And Tom Herman was able to lure him away, uh, get him to decommit and then recommit to the University of Texas. Now, things didn't pan out for Rising Uh, With the Longhorns, he eventually ended up at the University of Utah, where he's competing for playing time there. But I think that was an early claim to recruiting supremacy for Tom Herman that Lincoln Riley has now reclaimed for a variety of reasons. I think over the last couple of years, you've seen Riley do more with less than Herman. Texas has out-recruited Oklahoma, quite frankly, five, six years in a row at least. Uh, It seems that the Longhorns year in and year out have a higher-ranked recruiting class in Oklahoma, yet you see the Sooners demonstrating better play on the football field year in and year out than Texas. Um, Getting Billy Bowman for the Sooners is huge because he is a guy that can legitimately do it all on the football field. There's a good chance that he lines up on the defensive side of the football as a nickelback. He's a tremendous return man. You can line him up out wide at the X or the Z, Or you can put him in the backfield. And I tell you what, uh, one of my colleagues noted this on Twitter last week, and I will reiterate it. If there is a player that Lincoln Riley would allow to play both ways, to play both offense and defense, Billy Bowman fits that mold. He is a phenomenal athlete, and he doesn't have great size, right, 5'10", 175 pounds or thereabouts. Uh, but just the speed, the agility, the quickness, uh, the ball skills are super impressive as well. And so uh, it definitely, it stings for Texas to lose him, certainly, because he was one of their top guys. And I, I'll i tell you this, guys, I will tell you this, you, gotta, you better be keeping an eye on Jatavion Sanders, Billy Bowman's high school teammate, the five-star, who is committed right now to the University of Texas. And my understanding, and I think a lot of people's understanding, is that those two are a packaged deal. And it would not surprise me at all if in the coming days, in the coming weeks, you see Jatavion Sanders decommit from Texas and kind of take a step back and reconsider. And you know, in that scenario, Oklahoma has to be considered the favorite to land him. And so Bowman's a huge add, not just because of what he brings on the football field, but uh, because it's a big win over a big rival for Lincoln Riley and the Sooners. Uh, And like I said, keep an eye on Sanders because I don't think that commitment is set in stone right now. At least that's not the inclination that I get.
0: Parker, I want to ask you one more question about just, I guess just this current situation that we're in with the, the COVID season eligibility being frozen. You got a guy like, let's just throw a guy out like, like Trey Brown, for example, who's a veteran defensive back that could come back for one more year. If he chose to do that and stays on scholarship, how does that, if at all, impact scholarship allotments, incoming defensive backs. You know, I know there's a cost benefit analysis. If, if you're Alex Grinch to say, do I want these veteran players to stick around? Is that actually better for us or is it worse for us? And those are conversations that will probably have to be had, but is there any conversations happening you feel like in the recruiting trail that's players are concerned that some of these maybe veteran players might not move on, but might stick around. Has that impacted recruiting?
2: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, everything is so up in the air right now and There's no clear direction as to what that's going to look like, how scholarships are all going to shake out. And I think everybody is just kind of taking it a day at a time right now and seeing what the aftershock of this pandemic ultimately is. Because on a certain level, yes, that's very much a conversation that's going to come into play. Because if you have veteran players wanting to come back for a fifth season, uh, but you've got a recruiting surplus and you've got a bunch of talented guys coming in and you've got over 85 scholarship players, you're going to have to take some guys off scholarship. You're going to have to move on from some players. And those aren't going to be easy conversations to have with guys, especially if they're guys that have been around the program and have contributed. But uh, I do think that every program is going to approach this a little bit differently. And there's no easy answer, fellas. There really isn't. And again, it just goes back to the fact that Uh, Right now, especially with recruits not being able to take official visits and the NCAA extending that dead period to January 1st, uh, there is so much that is yet to be decided. And so that's why I think it's going to be really interesting to see whether you start to see some decommitments, not just within the Big 12, but across the entire country as guys kind of start to get worried about what the picture might look like uh, because of the way that the pandemic has muddied the waters in terms of scholarship count. So you could see a lot of moving parts and a lot of moving pieces here in the next couple months. Um, There is absolutely no easy answer to any of this. And it's just part of the nature of the circumstances and how things have shaken out here in 2020.
3: And in the next segment, we're going to spend a little bit of time looking ahead to the 2022 recruiting class. We're going to get some of uh, Parker's thoughts on that group of players and any Anybody that stands out, any under the radars got any under the radar players that you need to go find highlights of on YouTube. That way you can become familiarized with them. And we're gonna get a little bit of his insight as to what might happen with a recent quarterback decommit from Texas. And could the Oklahoma Sooners swoop in and, and land another big time recruit there? We'll do that next
1: on the Lockdown Sooners podcast. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March.
3: All right, welcome back to the Locked On Sooners podcast. Coming up this week on the Thursday edition, we're going to have former Oklahoma Sooners center Bubba Burgum. On the Friday edition, we've got the great, the world-renowned Blinken Riley coming on to share Bedlam Fact Friday with us, getting us ready for Bedlam a week and a half from now. But still, we've got Parker Thune here on the show talking recruiting with us. And Parker, as we look ahead to the 2022 recruiting class, Who's a player that really stood out to you? Who's the guy that you're most excited about in that class so far?
2: Well, to me, the clear answer is Talon Shetron. And that's no disrespect to Kobe McKenzie, who actually reclassified from the 2023 class into 2022. Uh, He was at Sooner Summit and told me he actually tried to reclassify again to graduate in 2021 and become part of the Sooners 21 class. So that's a guy that... I mean, at a high school junior's age would have been playing division one football at that point. And so uh, he's extremely competitive, extremely well built, six foot three, 227 pounds and a linebacker that could be an anchor for the Sooners on the second level of that defense for years to come. But man, having watched Talon Shetron in person, uh, he, he's a local boy at Edmond Santa Fe, just about 45 minutes off the road. I think he has the highest ceiling of any wide receiver in the 2022 class. And I know that might sound a little crazy to say, given the fact that Oklahoma also has a commitment from Luther Burden, who's the number two overall wide receiver in this class, but, Shetron is something special, and I know it's all too easy now that he's committed to Oklahoma to make the comparisons to C.D. Lamb. But I really see flashes of a young C.D. Lamb in the way that Talon Shetron plays the wide receiver position. He's big, six foot three, but he's got a lot of room to add muscle. Only tips the scales at one hundred and eighty-five pounds right now. He plays wide receiver at an extremely physical level. And the ball skills, I believe, are what truly sets him apart. Um, I'll go back to the fact that you can't teach size and he's got it. Uh, If he puts on 20, 30 pounds of muscle, he has the potential to be a freakish contributor for the Sooners right off the bat. And so uh, I love Burden. I love what he's going to bring to this Oklahoma offense. But, man, my favorite guy in this 2022 class, and maybe it's just due to the fact that I've watched him in person, but, man, I am really excited uh, at the prospect of Talon Shetron catching balls from Caleb Williams getting to line up opposite Luther Burden. How is any team in the Big 12 going to play defense against that, guys?
3: Seems highly unlikely that anybody's going to be able to get a stop. You, know, you got three wide receivers in that 2022 class that – are currently ranked in the top fifteen of of their recruiting classes at that position. It just seems like an embarrassment of riches, and you're and then you're you still have a guy like a Marvin Mims who would be just a junior at that point in time. Uh, now these guys might not get on the field in 2022, but 2023, 2024, it's just going to be incredible to watch uh, this group of players. And in Oklahoma just continues to churn out top notch wide receivers year in and year out, and we're seeing that again this year, uh, and. So who are who are the guys that are still kind of undecided, they're uncommitted at this point in time in the 2021-2022 class that you're kind of eyeballing and you're targeting and you're hoping that Oklahoma is able to land those guys in particular?
2: Well, I, I have to think right now that Ohio State is the favorite to land Caleb Burton, who's the top overall wideout in that 2022 class. Uh, but Oklahoma is very much in the mix. And at that point, you got four of the top 15 wideouts in the 2022 class coming to Norman, Oklahoma. That's ridiculous. And you give Caleb Williams that many weapons. I mean, you think about guys like Brian Darby, uh, a guy who's already worked himself onto the too deep depth chart for the Sooners this year as a freshman. By no fault of his own, he might not play as a junior or a senior. He might be a guy that has to transfer somewhere else to get playing time simply because there's going to be that much talent and that much outstanding depth among the Sooners core of pass catchers. Uh, So Caleb Burton is one guy that I'm looking at uh, as a guy that could be a huge add for Oklahoma in that 22 cycle. If you're talking about the running backs, Oklahoma is really focused in on three of them in the 2022 class. You're looking at Rayleigh Brown, Gavin Sochik, and Jaden Blue. Uh, I'm not keen on the Sooners landing blue. I think it's going to come down to Brown or Sochik. Uh, I would consider Sochik the most likely. Uh, so suffice it to say, fellas, that Oklahoma is going to continue to bring in elite playmakers on the offensive side of the football. And every single recruiting cl- class, as long as Lincoln Riley, is at the helm. And you're going to start to see those pieces fall into place in the 2022 cycle, much the same way you have in the 21 cycle with Caleb Williams, Mario Williams, and the like.
0: Yeah. And it's just more of the same, you know, I think two years ago, they bring in the, the the trio of Hazelwood, Weiss, Bridges with Spencer Rattler, and everybody's looking at this unit and just wowed by that. And then it's more of the same. It's like Lincoln's one-upping himself as, as he moves through these these years. And, you know, when you look at the quarterback position, and we've we've talked about Caleb Williams, obviously – throughout this season, we've talked a ton about Spencer Rattler. And, you know, there is an inevitable collision course taking place eventually, right, between those two guys. And then at the same time, Oklahoma still has to continue to recruit quarterbacks. So with that being said, Texas has a big, another big decommitment from the top quarterback in the 2022 class, Quinn Ears. And with that decommitment, Is that something that Oklahoma is even entertaining a quarterback for 22? And if so, are they in play for him? What does that situation look like?
2: I'll tell you what, guys, losing Quinn Ewers did not do Tom Herman any favors in terms of his job security, let me tell you. Uh, that That is huge for the University of Texas, to lose a commitment from a guy that's widely considered to be the best quarterback prospect since Trevor Lawrence. And I don't buy into the fact, uh, or the rationale, rather, the account that Oklahoma is continuing to recruit viewers Uh, they offered Connor Weigman a couple weeks back dual threat guy out of Cypress Texas he stands six foot one 205 and he is much in the mold of a Tanner Mordecai I think he's probably more of a depth add than anything else I don't think Oklahoma wants to even create the illusion that there is anybody coming for Caleb Williams job because he is their man and I have said it many times I will continue to say it I do believe that Caleb Williams will start for Oklahoma as a true freshman over Spencer Rattler. That's how good he is. But I don't think Oklahoma is in play for Ewers, at least not seriously. Right now, Ohio State looks to be the team that I think he's going to ultimately land with. Uh, But there's much to be decided in that capacity. He was only committed to Texas for a couple of months. So it's not out of the question that we can see him commit and decommit again uh, before choosing his ultimate destination, uh, but as far as the Sooners are concerned, I don't believe they're seriously in play for youers.
0: Well, and to that point, and that makes sense because you, you know, there is there is a, a scenario where there's too much. I mean, there, I think there's two positions in sports where you can have too much, and that's quarterback and point guard, right? You can't have three great point guards. You can't have three great quarterbacks sitting there in the same room at the exact same time when they're all able to step on the field at the that exact season. It just creates too much disarray and. But I, I do think that you, know, you brought up an interesting point about Caleb starting from day one. I think that's definitely going to be you know something that's exciting to Sooner fans to think about. Just the prospect of you know, despite Rattler's improvement, that somebody's coming that is a generational talent, like you said. And and you know, not to not to look too far ahead on on that battle because we got plenty of time to talk about the, the comparisons between Rattler and Caleb Williams. But as you look at him as like a generational type of talent, who is a comp? That, that fans would identify with that you could say Caleb Williams remind you of who?
2: I think the popular one is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I think when people watch Caleb Williams play the quarterback position, I think the comp that he's gotten from a lot of recruiting analysts is Patrick Mahomes. Um, in terms of his mobility and his ability to throw on the run, I think that's fairly accurate. I would compare his arm strength Uh, and his downfield throwing ability to Aaron Rodgers. The way that the ball comes out of Caleb Williams' hand uh, is unlike any other quarterback that I've ever seen except for Aaron Rodgers. When we were at the Elite 11, taking a look at him alongside 19 of the best high school quarterbacks in the nation back in July, I mean, you had some of the top quarterbacks in the country winding up to take these downfield throws that Caleb Williams could make on the run with a flick of his wrist. It's like he was born to play the quarterback position, and it's it's just uncanny arm talent. And that's got to be the most exciting thing uh, for Sooner fans, just to see what he brings to the table naturally, his God-given ability, combined with his work ethic, uh, and what that ceiling could look like. Two three years into his collegiate career in Lincoln Riley's offense, and so uh, in terms of his ability to play the quarterback position, I would liken him to a more mobile Aaron Rodgers.
3: Very high praise, and yeah. if if he turns out to be anything like Aaron Rodgers was in college, that's that's really lofty uh, goals and expectations. Because you know, even though Aaron Rodgers slid in the first round of his NFL draft. Many people considered him a top 10 quarterback talent to come out. And so a lot to look forward to with Caleb Williams down the road. Let's get into this season a little bit. Big matchup coming up, and still, or sorry, in Norman, uh, a week and a half from now in Bedlam at night, primetime game. Uh, Parker, how do you feel like that game's going to go?
2: Well, let's face it, fellas. I don't think anybody in the Big 12 wants to play Oklahoma right now. That team is on a roll in every facet of the game, and especially having Jaden Hazelwood back on the offensive side, uh, giving Spencer Rattler another toy in that passing game to play with. I truly believe this game is going to be a lot more lopsided than it looks on paper. And let's, let's be clear here. Oklahoma State generally isn't competitive in this game anyway. Mike Gundy has beaten the Sooners twice in 15 years. And so especially because the game is being played in Norman and just because of the role that the Sooners are on and the extra motivation that they have to keep the school that they refer to as little brother in their place. Uh, I really do believe uh, that Oklahoma is going to come out hungry, fired up, uh, and that they're going to wipe the floor with the Cowboys. Um, especially the way that the defense is playing very opportunistic lately uh, three takeaways against Texas Tech two against Kansas you get a guy like Spencer Sanders who has demonstrated a propensity to turn the ball over I think they're going to be looking for every opportunity uh, to flip the field uh, secure those turnovers and put themselves in a position to bury the pokes I don't think there will be any punches pulled in this game from Lincoln Riley and company so uh, I've been wrong before many times fellas but I like the Sooners big in this one
3: well this year in particular I think we've all been wrong a little bit especially going back to Kansas State and Iowa State I know I have Uh, let's not go back and check those tapes Uh, anyway uh, but Parker thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on Locked On Sooners we appreciate it we'll we want to check back with you again a month two months from now when's gonna when's signing day gonna be this year I know everything is a little bit different with COVID-19 has that altered national signing day for this year
2: It has not for the moment. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that it does get pushed back to January, February, simply because that dead period right now uh, is booked until January 1st. So guys aren't getting the chance to take official campus visits until at least the new year. Uh, So right now, uh, it's still set for December. It would not shock me if that gets moved.
3: Awesome. Awesome. Well, Parker, again, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on the Lockdown Sooners podcast, giving us your insight, your understanding of what's going on in the recruiting world, because, man, to me, nobody does it better than you do. So thank you so much for sharing that insight. And we will get back with you next time here on Lockdown Sooners. For David Walker, I'm John Williams, and we will see you tomorrow.